all the reviewers who said like Alakwa Cox nice doesn't have the chops as an actress, they can go straight to hell. Nice job, kid. The people who are dumping on it, I don't think they're dumping on the series. They're dumping on Marvel. I did start watching Monarch last night. Uh, yeah. Which I'm enjoying so far. Yeah. Oh, it's that time again. Man, it's hey. always that time. It's yeah, like it, it's like Kiwi's Playhouse. Hey, kids. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's up, Mr. Fireman? Ah! <laughs> so you watched Echo and you started Monarch. How, how do you like Monarch? I'm like, so I'm only one episode into it, but uh, I'm digging it so far. It's it's uh, It really picks up when Kurt Russell shows up. When Kurt Russell shows up, it's like, yay! Because although I think the actors are fine, my take on it, I've enjoyed it, is that it's really hard for me to kind of care about these young people and their storylines. And I'm like, uh, I kind of just like the old monster tracker guy. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So when he shows up, I'm like, woohoo! Uh, less soap opera, more big monsters, please. Yeah. <laughs> I say that when I go to most restaurants. <laughs> less Excuse soap me. opera, more giant monsters, please. Thank you. It's the original lyrics are a little less conversation, too. <laughs> <laughs> you are on an Elvis kick. Yeah. Speaking of what we talk about on this podcast a lot, you know he was a huge comic book nerd. Was he? That's and great. You know I know he was a Monty Python fan. I didn't know the comp about the comic book thing. Since a kid. And he based his look, honest to God, the haircut and all of it, especially later when he went into the capes, it's all based on Captain Marvel Jr. Basically, not captain marvel shazam but ah, his, yeah that his, makes a lot of sense yeah uh, specifically there was a oh boy this is nerdy mac Rayboy was the name of the comic book artist who drew captain marvel jr please he tell me that's his real name mac Rayboy. it's r-a-b-o-i-b-o-y -I uh so it could be raboy i've never heard okay. it actually pronounced but Rayboy sounds this good to me you, you informed me about matt fraction last week um yeah Mike, which is a made-up name, but uh, that's not his real name. This one sounded like another one of those, but sorry. No, no. I mean, as far as I know, back in the 40s, he's like going, yeah, my name's Rayboy. <laughs> he drew in a completely different style than um, C.C. Beck, who drew Captain Marvel. Yet, of course, he's like the young sidekick. So Captain Marvel Jr., Mac Rayboy drew slightly more realistic. Really good artist, if you look them up. But you look at those pictures from, like, 1941, uh, those comics that, that E would have been reading as a kid, and you just see Elvis, the, the tall collar, the short cape, uh, the same pompadour. And so basically Elvis, even the black hair, because Elvis dyed his hair black, mm. Elvis was basically cosplaying Captain Marvel Jr. for his yeah. entire career. Which I love. I, I got no problem with that. I think it's awesome. It'd be like me going like, now that I'm a rock star, I'm going to dress up like Carl Kolshak, you know, <laughs> in a seersucker suit. I'd be like, no one gets it, but I'm dressing like another character. Yeah. Um, so Elvis was a Captain Marvel Jr. fan. Elvis has left the building. Okay, so anyway, back on topic. Uh, Monarch, you're enjoying one episode in, but you watched all of Echo, which is easy to do. It's five episodes. Yeah, very easy to do, yeah. It's good. Yeah, you liked it. Okay. I, I was did. wondering where you, where both of us were going to come down on this. I enjoyed I'm it, kinda, too. I mean, is it... No, I 
this is what I read from some people reviewing it, and I did not read reviews till after. John is aware of this too. People seem to be critics, um, seem to be ready to call everything Marvel does now the worst thing they've done yes, or uh, a misstep or something like that. I mean, I was seeing things where they're basically saying, well, Marvel did get grim and gritty. They promised us that we got it, but who cares? Or it's grim and gritty, but they kept saying it was a spotlight thing where you didn't need to know Marvel continuity. Oh yeah, you do. And I'm sitting there going, did you guys watch the same thing I did? Because it's a fully contained five episode miniseries that the first episode does throw some backstory at you. It does include, Oh, spoiler alert, by the way, if you guys haven't seen echo, I'm about to spoil spoilers all day long. In this yeah. episode. Um, Cause it does include Hawkeye and daredevil. And yeah. it shows you where she fits in, I guess, into that world. But it's not like you needed to know. They just show she sees her father killed by Ronan, uh, a.k.a. Hawkeye. Uh, Daredevil stops her on her or her first mission, and she holds her own against Daredevil, and Kingpin's like, damn, girl. Uh, I love the way he goes, none of my men have been able to stand up to him the way you did. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Anyway, so other than that, she is quickly back into her own story, which is in Oklahoma. And even though Kingpin's a big part of it, it's not something you had, you'd be lost. You'd be like, all right, New York crime boss. And she's his kind of adopted daughter. And they have a conflict. The end. Sorry, you guys couldn't keep up. <laughs> You've got to know decades of Marvel history. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. But if you do know it, it's pretty cool. And they change stuff for the show, too. Again, when Marvel changes stuff, it's usually smart. Her yeah, powers this- are different, but... That's what I was wondering if how you would... Because you usually don't like when they change stuff that dramatically. It's a pretty dramatic change of her powers, from what I understand. It is, it is. And I'm I, not familiar with the comic character at all. I had to look that up, and I was like, oh, that's not her comic... I only woman. know her through some appearances because, um, you know, her... I think she debuted 90s and it was a time where I was not reading a a lot of mainstream stuff because it was also and also not a lot of independent comics because the 90s were a terrible decade for comics. Uh, It was so ridiculously grim and gritty and all that nonsense. And I was tired of it. Superman had a mullet. Superman had a mullet, but I was still reading Superman. Come on, they killed him. He came back. That's all you need with a mullet. And no one sat there going like, Clark Kent has a ponytail now. Hmm. (laughs) Superman has a mullet. I never see that ponytail on that mullet in the same place at the same time. (laughs) But uh, Echo is a good character. It's just that, yeah, to me, she was not so intrinsic that if they were going to change something, I'd get upset. Plus... Like I said, the changes are smart. Her her powers in the comics are basically the same as Taskmaster. So right. I could see why they'd go, we already have a person who can examine someone's fighting style and then immediately echo it or immediately duplicate it. Yeah. So that's her in the comics. The idea, which is much more meaningful that they came up with the TV show, is that she is 
an echo of generations of her people, specifically strong female uh, warriors of the Choctaw people, uh, which they also changed the tribe. Was oh. I upset that they changed the tribe? No, because I'm part Choctaw. So I was like, woohoo! I felt okay. represented. I felt seen, Chad, as a 134th Choctaw. <laughs> what was the what was their tribe in the comics? Cheyenne. Okay. Did they I, have they said why they changed it? Was it just I'm because not they sure. Cheyenne tribe <laughs> didn't refuse to cooperate with Marvel? <laughs> yeah, they was like Choctaw's well, like, uh, come on. <laughs> the Choctaw. We got well, you. I don't know. I would like to see what they're thinking on that was. Yeah. Um, and I did keep Okay, the nitpicky thing is I kept waiting for her at some point to get the white handprint on her eye. She doesn't have like a necessarily comic outfit that you'd be like, that's not her costume. But she's always had this white handprint that she puts her, you know, herself on her face as like war paint sort of thing. And that didn't show up in the series at all. But I did notice throughout the series all these handprint iconography they had all over mm. the thing. I'm like, all right. And her powers resonate through her hands i was like oh that's cool but yeah they just rethought the idea that she is an echo nice idea of all these previous generations and that she has the power to use their strengths their cunning whatever it is but also she has the power to heal deep wounds as in like psychological wounds which comes in really nice at the end where kingpin's strength the entire thing that is his uh, uh, his entire psyche is built on this pain and she was threatening to take that away so the whole thing of what did you do when yeah, she do like basically heals him and he realizes that will make him weak i was like oh that's great so what do you think there'll be any consequences from her doing it besides the fact he's leaving her alone now like no. uh, he's going to stay the same Yes. Right. And they did. Yeah. You saw the button scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that I do agree with one of the critics is like going, one of the critics is like, that doesn't tell us anything. Uh, that's like really cheesy screenwriting and doesn't lead to anything else. And I'm like, I did think it was very cheesy to have him sit there on the plane and suddenly go, what? The mayor's race for New York is wide open? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. That's dumb construction. At the same time, Kingpin did become mayor of New York in the comics at one point. Right. So did J. Jonah Jameson, but we're not going there yet. Hmm. Hmm. Watch out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I think the consequences are basically we're going to see how it pays off in Daredevil Born Again, because that series is coming up. And this was very much like a like a prologue because it's leading to that. And I cannot wait. That was the thing that was most striking about it to me was that it very much is a return to the tone of the Netflix. Um, oh, models, yes. In a big way. Uh, I mean, really the only thing in this stuff that was leaned more towards Marvel were, you know, all the, the prologue, the prologue with the, the ancient Choctaw uh, mm-hmm. predecessor. Yeah, the creation I myth. Right. I don't, I don't know if they're just supposed to be like they're gods, like the uh, Asgardians are in that kind of way. They're from another dimension. That was one thing I was a little frustrated. It was like, I know that was their, that was their myth was the cave that they escaped yeah. from. Was, mm-hmm. There was, we didn't really know what was, why did the cave collapse? What's going on there? And, you know, well, my question with that is, are they actually trying to introduce Choctaw gods into like their mythology 
like would they have shown up at that big meeting of the gods that we saw in Thor Love and Thunder? I hope not because they would have been like, God damn it. Or was that just these people? But then again, I got to say, when you watch What If Season 2 and you have Kohori, uh, her people's myths are very much tied into like a multiversal pan-dimensional so it's very possible we were seeing something actual instead of symbolic Mm -hmm. but regardless i just love the fact that when that thing started i watched episode one i didn't know she had been changed to a choctaw and i'm watching i'm and i because my mother is very proud to, of any of our Choctaw heritage, uh, she's sitting there going, I mean, she wasn't, but I sat there going like, oh, that's the Choctaw creation myth. I like knew what they were doing. And I was like, but hold on. And then she's revealed to be Choctaw. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then I, so I think it's mainly just possibly symbolism. Or maybe the Eternals will be, you know, hanging out with the, the Choctaw gods at some point. Dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And I was so I was like, this is cool. This is very marvelly to have have this, mm-hmm. you know, alienish thing tied to, you know, a people on Earth. So that, that was fine. There just wasn't much they kept referring to the myth, but it was like there isn't really much explanation as to why. Yeah, you know, they, they they say the echoing thing. Yes. You know, but where did the powers come from? <laughs> what what is that about? You know, it's like they didn't really dig into that so hard. And I was like, It's true. I would be if I was Echo, I'd be asking those questions. It's just one of those frustrating things. Is like, would you just ask? One thing I think is, is it. One thing I think that would be okay if they never do it, because strangely, it's not for us to know. And I know that seems weird in something like a comic book universe where you can sit there going, "The Tesseract was actually one of the Infinity Stones," and blah 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 blah. But in this case, culturally, she doesn't need to ask those questions because culturally, True. she and her people know exactly who these figures are and where that power comes from. And so therefore we may never know. Right. And and we just accept it. And that's how echo works. You would have to have the classic exposition set up where there's a character going, Oh, what does that mean? Well, even if they, they should know what it is. What? Yeah. Yeah, Like biscuits or cousins like going, you could do what? I liked biscuits a lot. Um, And of course I liked that. Since there is this great, the last few years, we've had a lot of really awesome Native American actors, actresses, TV shows. Their representation is coming up, which I think is great. But because of that, I just sit there going like, um, you'll recognize (laughs) it's like a lot of the same faces. I'm sure there's a wide variety of talented actors of different tribes. But it's like, oh, there's Graham Greene again. Awesome. Love to see him always. And he's not Choctaw. Neither is the lead actress. But some of the cast members were. And, oh, and Tantu Cardinal, who played uh, her grandma, mm-hmm. uh, was Graham Greene, played Graham Greene's wife in Dances with Wolves decades ago. Mm-hmm. So they get reunited as a husband and wife in this. I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, and Devery Jacobs, who played Bonnie, and by the way, I don't have these names memorized. I've got the page open because yeah. I know them and I enjoy them a lot. She's the voice of Kaori. Uh, she's from oh. Reservation Dogs. So in a weird way, it's like, oh, the two Marvel 
well, sadly, the only two that we've met, Native American characters, are right there on screen together. It's pretty cool, even though she's not playing Kiori in uh, Echo. But anyway, so, uh, and I think all the reviewers who said, like, Alakwa Cox nice. doesn't have the chops as, as an actress, they can go straight to hell. Nice job, kid. There were people that going, you can tell she's, you know, they found someone who fit but at the same time she's limited and i'm sitting there going she held the screen every second with the no hell are you talking? with no dialogue with just the, her eyes her expressions and her asl like geez. yeah I, this just tells me they don't they weren't paying attention to the story i mean she's emotionally crippled you know yep. she, she she has been through hell yes and she's, been she's, dragged through hell. she's fighting the urge to to soften to actually return to her roots she's fighting yeah. it the whole time because of all that bitterness and so in other words i thought the series was really well done and i just the people who are dumping on it i don't think they're dumping on the series they're dumping on marvel i think there is blowback i don't think even critics are able to look at a marvel project and take it on its own terms they are basically waiting for the wave to pass so they can be right that they predicted like this was the end of this thing. And I'm sitting there going like, look, Marvel hasn't done all genius. They're not all masterpieces. It's entertaining stuff. And the thing I respect about them is that we have now finally with Marvel admitting that the Netflix shows are canon. Are canon. Yeah. It's uh, exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting, but it's just like and going, you can see it in this one too. They draw directly oh, on events from from the from the Daredevil series. It is not too surprising, but as uh, as John and I agree, it is really awesome that right after Echo, they officially announced that oh no, Karen Page and Foggy, the same they're two actors back. from the, they're coming back. It's all canon, and I'm like, yeah. And I heard some of about this is I think this is largely conjectural still because I don't know how much of this is confirmed to be true. The story right now is that apparently during the writer strikes, yeah, you know, Feige who had been previously just tied up, he had time during the writer strike to review what the Daredevil people were doing, and that's when he put the kibosh on it and shut it all down. It does seem like it was something. He goes, "Wait, what? What do you yeah. get?" Because, yeah, they got whole, almost ha- halfway through filming the, f- the first season. And he's like, uh, oh, no, no, oh, no. <laughs> we got to stop this right now. Oh, no, 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 Give me a, no, no. Fire everybody. Fire everybody. I'm coming. I'm be there in five minutes. Just stop everything. Yes. You know? yes. So I, I'm wondering how much of that, because now they've made this announcement finally. Oh, yeah, they're, they're canon. It's canon. Just shh, just forget about anything that we were hinting at before. It's all canon. I love I, I'm it. just wondering if he said he was looking at this and this. Oh no, because this is I going think it's way also, off rails. Yeah, what a lot of people say is uh, them reading the room, uh, <laughs> and which yeah. which is not just him seeing what they were up to, but also listening to fans who have been saying like there was absolutely nothing wrong with this Netflix shows except for of course Finn Jones needed a little bit more time to learn how to be the living iron fist. Uh, but you know, there's really, they fit nicely into that universe if you let them. And so they're like, okay, because people loved, I did. And John Bernthal's Punisher, Mike Coulter's Luke Cage, Christian Ritter's Jessica Jones all day long, man. So, uh, yes, more, please. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I'm wondering if, because they, they were, the, the way that Marvel uh, released Echo raised a lot of eyebrows. And I, yeah. and I think, you know, made, I think that's what, one of the reasons, not just because everybody's bashing on Marvel in general, but people were poised to hate on this because they're like, oh, they don't have any faith in this. But there was also a report too, that they were originally going to be like seven or eight episodes and they, they trimmed it back. And so there was a lot that they cut that's out, which kind of makes sense because it, it does feel like there's some threads are a little, little loose, little, not completely tied together. Yeah. Maybe so I'm, I'm wondering if the stuff they took out was like, this doesn't fit with this, this new corrected direction we're taking. Interesting. You know? Or they really just wanted to make something extremely tight, which I think they did. Cause I noticed that Kingpin is kind of, at least in this show, they kind of reigned back. He was portrayed as being like the comics kind of superhuman strength and all that stuff in, in the, in the Hawkeye show. And this one, Really, he's well, just kind of back to being a normal, well, not normal, but <laughs> more I, I like his Netflix that, version. He's not being thrown through walls and, and tearing car doors off of cars and things I, like that. I don't know. We'll have to see if they if they find some way to explain that or if they just don't. And that he, did, he will be he as strong as he needs to be. Oh, I know. He a did gun survive a to the face. <laughs> that was a little, that was the part I was like. The first time they showed him in, in, in the hospital and he's breathing labored. And yes. And he doesn't even have an oxygen thing on. It's like, shouldn't he be on oxygen? <laughs> well, I, well, it's months later. Yeah. Uh, but I kept sitting there going, because in the comics for some period of time, he was blind. That yeah. was Brian Michael Bendis uh, during that run where it, that was, you know, oh, now you know what it's like. I'm Daredevil. Right. Ha, ha, and you're blind. Ha ha. Uh, and I was sitting there going, please don't give him an eye patch. We can't just have everyone in the MCU with an eye patch. That is Nick Fury's thing. So I was happy that when the bandage comes off, it's like, oh, he's got a bad scar. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. That's fine. Just don't give him an eye patch. Um, and they didn't. But yeah. I mean, we'll see uh, how they d- decide to play him as superhuman or just a huge dude. And that to me is not as important as just they have gold in their hands with Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm-hmm. There are, I will say, two, okay, three, three instances of dead on perfect casting in the MCU. And actually, this one of them's not an MCU. J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson lifted right out of the comics, which yep. is why they're like, Okay, he's still J. Jonah Jameson, even though it's in this universe. Great, because it's perfect. Vincent D'Onofrio is Kingpin. I just can't imagine anybody else. I can't. Mm-hmm. No offense to Michael Clark Duncan, but, I mean, that guy was in a bad Daredevil movie. Okay. Uh, and then the third one is uh, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Yes. Without yes. that, you just don't have an MCU. So all of those are just like, yes. That is build on that. So I don't care just as long as Wilson Fisk is everything we want him to be when he goes up against DD in Born Again, which if they're, I'm sure it's not the storyline from Born Again, the comic, but uh, I hope they have enough of it in there because I yeah. love that. And what I'm hoping they do in Daredevil Born Again, the new series, I'm hoping that they do what they, with the Netflix series avoid like deliberately ignored or yeah. just decided not to pay any attention to was which was the snap you know because they we've right. already seen in echo they do have scenes they didn't really mention it 
but they are scenes where Ronan is going around uh, killing people and killing your father. That was during the snap, as we know yep. from the from yes. the Hawkeye show. So now we know that Daredevil, because that was around the same time, I think when she she fights Daredevil, he yeah. he wasn't snapped. He's wearing a slightly different outfit, which was kind of interesting. Um, I think it's supposed to be kind of that um, early period. Yeah, my, my guess is that they're going to put this. They're going to say that that all this happens, like the snap happened after the season three. Oh, really? Of Daredevil. I'm just my guess. The, the only way they could kind of clean up the the because they never and even then mentioned when Matt Murdock comes back, he's like, "I want to try yellow, and I want to go bang She-Hulk." Yeah, <laughs> right. So I hope and then show they do kind of finally tell us, okay, this is how the snap affected these characters in Hell's Kitchen. You know? Yeah. I mean, That'd I think be nice what to we're tie gonna... that thread through these through the show. Oh, uh, I mean, at least references yeah because yeah. i mean obviously <laughs> yeah because you're sitting there going like well who i still think as much as i love the spider-man movies the mcu spider-man movies just it's like oh that's nice that uh he his aunt his best friend it's like mj they all got snapped out and they all come back that's great mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's only people he didn't know <laughs> like that's really convenient. Yeah. They really need great if I thought it was I thought it would be great if in that third movie that Aunt May now had gray in her hair because she didn't snap and she's like, yeah. Oh god, I missed five years with you. Yeah. That would have been great. But no, apparently everybody he knew <laughs> yeah. went away, came back. He's like, Oh, we'll just pick up where we left off. That that is, yeah, Marvel has been guilty of doing that way too often with their storylines after that. It's like there's so many great story potential ideas there really, that you can address uh, scott lang is the only uh, is technically kind of the only guy who had the real personal thing of he went away but his daughter didn't and he didn't get snapped he was in the quantum realm but he comes back and and his daughter's grown up you know five years he wasn't there mm-hmm. other than that you're like really anybody else oh i guess in black widow too we saw that whole thing of uh yeah yeah, it was pretty. Really, really, the only series that's shown at well, there's I guess well, we see we see the aftermath of it in, in uh, WandaVision. Captain America. Well, Captain America and uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, that that series we see these well, actors. We also see reacting uh, to the end of the snap. Monica Rambo dealing with her mom. Yes, yeah, that and coming thing. back. That was, more of that, please. And people have said, and I agree with them that they should it do a whole be, series yeah. that's based just on the blip, you know, during that period of time between the two snaps trauma thing that they really, other than they addressed it very well in the films. I mean, I love the whole like support group thing that they had and that was really good. But yeah, but at the same time, you're like going, yeah, but it doesn't just pick up where you left off. Yeah. I I like the thing in, in black widow where it's like, wait a minute, who are these people in my house? And they're like, we've been here for years. Uh, yeah. And just like people showing back up going, what are you doing in my apartment? <laughs> yeah. But it'd be great. It'd be kind of cool to have a show, not about zombies, obviously, but kind of in the vein of The Walking Dead. And, you know, the uh, what's the other one? The, the That show about the rapture where everybody disappeared. Oh, The Leftovers. Yeah. The Leftovers. Yeah. Where the show just picks up right after the snap. Yeah. Because again, you just the follow thing is, the characters through the next five years. Planes you know? falling out of the sky because, you know, I mean, it would have been unbelievably traumatic yeah yeah it's like oh okay well uh, half the flight crew is gone and we're dying uh and they can pick like some 
B-list uh, Marvel characters who haven't been featured yet in the canon to kind of take the center stage in that show and then have I, Captain America show up occasionally. I you know? like that very much. Come I will on. say this. I will say this, though. I'm not thinking about that at all with the Marvel spotlight show that I'm currently writing. Oh. But it's similar in the fact that anytime I want to do one of these that I know is probably never going to be read by by those people, yeah. I want to pick a character that they won't do. I had started, I told you I started a leapfrog script, right? Yes, yes. And then She-Hulk had the character in it, and they made him completely not what I was doing. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> and they turned him into a joke, which I was also going to turn him into a joke, but a character that you liked instead of being like this asshole bro guy. And I was like, that's not the character from the comic. Uh, I'm working on a paste pot, Pete. Uh, honest to God, I'm working on a script for paste pot, Pete. <laughs> Paste Pot? I don't know this one. Paste Pot Pete became the Trapster, but his first supervillain name was Paste Pot Pete. And he fought the Human Torch in his solo stories in like the 60s and then fought the Fantastic Four. And he was always a joke. I mean, he has this gun that shoots a high-powered paste that makes sticks people stick to things. (laughs) And then even when he became the Trapster and is like, he kept being mocked for having been, you know, been Pastepot Pete. And I was like, I love an underdog, lame villain. And what if I do a show that's kind of like the, that, the kind of, he's not evil and he's just kind of pathetic and it's kind of funny. So I'm working on a Pastepot Pete show. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm halfway into writing the pilot episode because I just like, I don't know. Maybe. Hey, if someone out there that listens to our podcast is connected in any way to Marvel Studios, give Brendan a call. He's yeah. got a pay spot Pete Spotlight show because I think five episodes would be just enough. <laughs> okay. And I did my Tomb of Dracula script, which I'm still very proud of. That was also like aiming at, you know, MCU TV show because Tomb of Dracula. Awesome. And if you do it as a period piece, it doesn't have to interfere with what they're doing with Blade. Because if you said it in the 70s, it's all prequel, because I assume Blade's probably going to go up against Dracula as, you know, that's and part that, of the story. That was a run of comics that was in the 70s? Yes. Tomb of Dracula? Tomb of Dracula was actually their their biggest selling horror comic. That mm. was when Marvel and DC both uh, realized that the comics code wasn't really that restrictive. They had stopped using vampires, werewolves. Uh, since the 50s, since Comics Code came along. And in the 70s, they started going, well, what if we start bringing them back a little bit? Because they were trying to protect kids from gory, scary things. And then the 70s are like, fuck that noise. (laughs) Well, they they started doing like things that were not full. That's why you got Morbius. The living vampire was them testing the waters. Like, he's not a traditional vampire. He's kind of a hero. And then... You know, werewolf by night was him going like, well, he's uh, okay. He is a werewolf, but, but only by night. <laughs> <laughs> and Ghost Rider was also them going like supernatural. Okay. Is supernatural. All right. But yeah, Tomb of Dracula was them finally saying, screw it. We're back in the vampire business and here you go. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the great Marvel comics of the seventies. Marv Wolfman wrote that. I always love that Marv Wolfman is writing Dracula. Hey, Marv, we got uh, an assignment for you. <laughs> yeah, and he rocked it. It was it was really great. So yeah. I had the idea of doing an MCU-based 
1970s Tomb of Dracula show based on the old comic that makes yeah, reference awesome. to Hydra and mm-hmm. you know but not in huge ways it's just like yeah Castle Dracula was bombed by the allies in World War II because they thought it was an, a Hydra base and all this kind of stuff I'm like yay I mentioned Wondegore Mountain <laughs> oh my fingers going through my brain anyway we've already talked way too long but I will say this we are both I'm I'm speaking for you. We're just holding our breath because any day now they should be telling us a fantastic forecast. Yeah. They've been saying yeah. that for months, man. We yeah, really thought rumor, that New Year they would drop the The it, rumor mill is leaning very, very hard on Pedro Pascal. Uh, Pedro, Pedro, yeah. I so. love the guy. I love the guy. Uh is he my ideal Reed Richards? Not really. But still he's so great. I mean I John Krasinski really does look the part. Sure. And I like uh, Reed Richards that isn't really heroic looking because he is supposed to be just this kind He's of wily scientist. scientist guy yeah. who can stretch. Um, I always didn't like in the comics when you'd get some very typical comic artist drawing Fantastic Four and they draw him being ripped. And I'm like going, well, he is elastic. I mean, he could make himself look like Chris Hemsworth if he wanted to. But I think his, I always liked a John Byrne drawing him as just a skinny guy. You know, it's like Johnny Storm is more athletically built and he's the human torch. I, I, I trust them. Make it I, good. I, make it good. The one early rumor, I think it was, Billy Crudup was rumored for a while. No, I do think he would have been absolutely perfect in Such that role. Such a good actor. He's, he's a little, maybe a little bit too old, I think. For but the for thing what is, Reed, I, I, just to make it creepy, there was always an age gap, by the way, between Reed and yes, Sue, yes. But at the same time, you would also then have to make the actor who plays Ben because he went to college with Reed. He'd also have to be an older guy. Yeah. What I would love, they need to get Billy Crudup in, into the MCU somehow. They do. Because he's too he's good. He's so good, and, and, and he's got that great face. And come on, yeah. come on, man. Come, I, we're not telling you anything man. you don't know. Yeah, Marvel. He was. He was. There were there are few things that came out of Zack Snyder's uh, Watchmen that that I, I treasure because the cast was just so ca- great. The cast was across good. the board. Yeah, yeah. But he he him as Doctor Manhattan, and of course uh, Jackie. Ry- what was Jack? What's his name? Jack, oh, Jackie, or Jackie or Haley. Haley as as Rorschach. God, fucking Good Lord. perfect. I know. Yeah. And Patrick Wilson, Night, uh, Night yes. Owl. It's all just, he did that well. I will give him total mm. credit. You cast yeah. it well. Uh, Malin Ackerman, you know, she was a fine Silk Spectre, but the real winner was Carlo Gugino as the original Silk Spectre. That was brilliant. <laughs> Jeffrey course, Dean Morgan as yes. the comedian. Jesus. It's I mean, just. It looks right off the page. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, but it's an uninspired Snyder movie. <laughs> uh, we need to talk Rebel Moon at some point. Um, did we last time? I can't remember. You if we mentioned did it. Yeah, I didn't like you, it. I, did you see? I saw. I'm gonna, I forgot to mention this to you. Somebody put up a parody of that recently. Like this is Zack Snyder's version of A New Hope. So they took a foot, actual footage from A New Hope and cut it to be like a Zack Snyder film with like oh. way way too much slow motion and yes, boom, slow motion and, and out. filters on it. Like a lot of like dirty yellow filters. Did and you see that blue filters? No. And, and it goes guessing. on appropriately. It goes on way too long. And I had to stop watching because I was like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Maybe what they're going for. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I really, your default should never be guys. Just wait till you see my director's cut. 
your default should probably be like, I made this. It shouldn't be like, oh, yeah, they fucked with it. What you need is another 45 minutes and the director's yeah. got No, oh, man, I'm sorry. It's not going to make it much better. This was the most brilliant thing. They 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 get to the scene where C-3PO and R2-D2 are, are in the pod. Yes. The, the escape pod. Yeah. Flying, and, and they extend that scene. It, C-3PO is like, it sounds just like Anthony Daniels. They inserted all this ridiculous <laughs> exposition. It's a good thing that we escaped because blah, 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 blah. That's a very like, Snyder thing. It was so good. It was that, that script. Yeah. I mean, Snyder he didn't write it. Of course, it was all his story idea. But at the same time, whoever he's his partners are, it's this. That's his thing. It he doesn't have characters interact. It's all exposition dumps. And even mm-hmm. though the cast in Rebel Moon is fine, I like a lot of the people in there. They are forced into these non-naturalistic conversations where it's just backstory and i'm sitting there going george lucas was not a great writer oh no but he was able to have those very two-dimensional characters of star wars become beloved by us because he had them interact they bounce off each other there's a han line and it's not going to sound like a luke line and you get to know their characters by the way they interact the way that leia talks to han and the way she talks they're all different and and it doesn't have to be highfalutin dialogue because that stuff is like a comic book. But you love those guys. Rebel Moon, I'm sitting there going like, they're just tropes. I'm sullen Asian samurai lady. Great. I'm roguish Irish guy. Yep. <laughs> okay. It's just dumb. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't like it. Anyway, so sorry, Mr. Snyder. You do some great visuals. That's all I'm going to give you. You do some great visuals. And you cast the hell out of Watchmen. That's what we were talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what's coming up? What what is what is on the on the horizon? It's going to be a very slow year for PSAs. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> well, for at least the DC and Marvel stuff, we got plenty of other yes I wacky know. crap we can talk about. Wacky crap. Because it's, of the writer strike, it's going to be a while, I guess, before we see anything. I don't know what this year has yeah. got. Well, even Stranger Things just started filming. Well, is mm-hmm. it coming out next fall season? Oh, the five? Ghostbusters movie is coming out. Oh, right? yes. I'm looking forward to it. The trailer yeah. is great. Yeah. If and they, just if the they fact really... that it's no longer Zool. Yeah. If it's not. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. If it's a new new uh, villain uh, and they we, we still have the, the uh, legacy cast is in it. So yeah. I hope that they're actually more actually written into the story instead of just sort of a token th- appearance here and there. Yeah. You know, they, they don't have to be in every scene. But we'll see what they we we'll see what they have. No, they they have to be in every scene. What are you, what are you talking? About? <laughs> the one thing Shut that up, threw me a little Shut bit up. is is that that uh, promo pic has Janine in the outfit, Annie Potts. She's with the the other characters, oh. and I'm like, that's like in Ghostbusters two when they yeah. had Lewis joining them, and I'm like, why? I mean, other than the fact that he had been turned into a yeah, you know, terror dog, and then rescued. He's an accountant. Why is he suited up? And mm. I liked Janine in Afterlife because she just comes in as like, "I'm in charge of the estate." Yeah, that makes sense. It's like it does, he totally. was a he was a dear yeah. friend of mine. Yeah, great. But why isn't she now in a jumpsuit with a proton Ho- pack? Hopefully, it's something she has to be talked into. Like, oh God, what a Come on, can't you get where, somebody else to wear it, this thing? It may be a thing where in the in the movie, it's like all hands on deck. We need yeah. everybody because Carrie Coon also is 
suited up and you're like, okay, mm. everyone gets to wear a jumpsuit and get a proton pack. Yeah. And actually I'm down for that. Yeah. Give me a suit and a proton pack. Oh, Ghostbuster. That's all I want to be. Now I'm sad again. Thanks. Yep. Do you have any, anything for the Brecken, 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 Brendan, Brendan recommendens segment. Brendan recommendens. They're all old. That's as good. In, as in, I've been doing catch-up stuff. That That's our brand, yo. Well, no, no. At, old as in, like, I just now got around to watching The oh. Bear. Okay. And it's amazing. The, the bear? bear is unbelievable. It's Not so Cocaine good. Bear. No, I did watch Cocaine Bear, and it was a lot of fun. But no, The Bear, which is the... It won all the Emmys this year. It is uh, on Hulu? I believe is where I found That's it. That's how you're supposed to say Hulu too. Hulu. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, and it's just a comedy drama that is really mm. well cast and acted. And in fact, the guy who plays the cousin of the main character, who was an actor on Shameless, cousin Richie on The Bear, is one of the guys they've been talking about is possibly up for Ben Grimm. Oh. he's He's actually taller than i would expect ben Grimm to be but it is all like he's this guy he's, 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 and i'm like yeah i could see it i can see it uh but anyway so no it's really great brendan recommends a show that you've already seen everybody watch <laughs> the bear again yeah. um don't right. watch rebel moon because it stinks crapopolis the cartoon is very funny uh, that's the dan Harmon cartoon his the most recent one he's done and it has great voice actors in there like Matt Berry. And and I finally watched The Goes Wrong Show. Hilarious. Haven't heard of that either. That's British. And it's only from a couple of years ago, but I had not heard of it. Because, again, like the Brits always do, they're two seasons. But they all total, it's like 10 episodes all together. And all it is is these theater performers are doing live theater on the BBC. Um, and the shows go horribly wrong. That's the whole gimmick. And they are doing it for a live studio audience. Obviously, all the mistakes have been written in, but it's still very funny because they're looking at each other when props break. Or There's this hilarious thing where uh, they're doing a Tennessee Williams-type play called Each One's a Different Kind of Play. One of them's called 90 Degrees, which it's like, it's so hot and they're doing bad Southern accents and it's like Tennessee Williams, but at, at the, <laughs> but they go, they let you know up front. It's like, sadly, our, our set designer uh, misread the title. And there's one, one of the sets for 90 degrees has been turned 90 degrees. So they have to walk in and they're sitting at a table and they're trying to stay, but they're falling and, and they like, past me is like would you like some lemonade and they're pouring it and it's going across because <laughs> the cameras have been tilted and i mean it's it's really goofy uh prop comedy and situation comedy but they're all very good very british and it's hilarious so the goes wrong show both seasons i watched that absorbed it of course and it's brilliant cool so brendan right. recommendance things you've probably already seen <laughs> okay do you well, have any chad 
No. This isn't bad. <laughs> Chad, We've already this talked about bad. everything I've watched. Yeah. No, I know. You need to no. get back out. You need to you need know. to stop working so much and um and play. Okay. Watch more TV. <laughs> Go to more movies. I still have two episodes that have not been released. I don't know oh. when they're gonna be released, but if you would like to preview them now, they're on Are our Are those Patreon. the ones where my Tourette's kicked in? And I was just like every you have to edit out every time yes. I'm going. It's taking me ages to edit through. No, there, there's an episode where we talk about the black hole. By yes. Disney's, Disney's uh, classic science fiction film. Mm-hmm. And there's an episode where we talk about Brazil, which I'm still working my way through. Oh, I, we did I, that I two years ago. Down, I was going to get that out for Christmas. But once, once I got into it, I realized I'm not done with this yet. It's going to be worth the wait, I promise. But you, you can you watch do. it on Patreon now if you want to see an early edit of it. But next week we're going to have our friend Jerry Christmas. On, Chris Christmas. Jerry Christmas. <laughs> he's he's going to hate you so much. Jerry Christman. Yes. Of the the band Zeus's Petals, which we were talking yes. about in the Patreon exclusive pre ramble of this episode. Brendan's old band. Yep, and uh, also producer of the Tesla City Stories, which we do out here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk Star Wars next week. I don't know what our angle is going to be, but we're going to try to dig into everything. We haven't we talked about Ahsoka yet. We haven't so, talked about Ahsoka. Yeah, I think it would be fun too to go back and talk about our early as as kids. You know how Star Wars hit us as kids. You know because we're right all in the around face. The three of us are roughly the same age. Yeah, we ought to so, do like we did with the Beatles and kind of do a an overview yeah. of the impact. Yeah, because we were just like with Superman the movie, Star Wars. It just gets you if it gets you at that age. Mm-hmm. It's in our blood. It's in yeah. our DNA, like midichlorians. Yeah. Because we, we, I think you could call us the OG, the OG generation as far as we kids. Are. We being, are. Uh, I, did not, I did not have the um, pre-sale of the toys because they weren't ready yet. And you had the yes. IOUs from Kenner or whatever. I, I didn't have those. But oh. um, I did the next year. I was lousy with Star Wars uh, toys. Yeah. Yeah. But I, my parents weren't hip enough to go, maybe we should get them these certificates saying that they will eventually have a land speeder. yeah anyway yeah let's talk star wars next week that sounds fun excellent all right bye everybody thanks for watching mush thank you got a little personal there i'm sorry Ha <laughs> ha.